Father, thank you for the anointing, your grace and your favor. Thank you for the testimonies. We've come to give you all the praise and all the glory. Holy Spirit, sweep through every aisle. Touch every seat. You showed me there's deliverance taking place in the aisles as I'm preaching. I trust you. Anoint these lips of clay. Let me preach the oracles of God. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Come on, say it loud like you ate something. Amen. Let's make it strong this morning. I'm teaching on a new wineskin this morning because through Equip 2022, you become a new wineskin. You are a little different. It's found in Mark chapter 2 and verse 21 and 22. Mark chapter 2, 21 and verse 22. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Are you guys going to work with me there? Are you okay? Or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. So God is busy formulating and making you a new wineskin. And the reason why you don't use an old wineskin, a religious system, is because if God has to pour his new wine, the new thing that he wants to do for your life, you're going to waste the anointing and your life is going to be messed up. That's what it says. Is because when God does a new thing, he needs a new you. Don't pray for a new 2023 going in there with an old you. Your, your mind must be renewed. You must be flexible. That's what it means to be a new wineskin, that you become flexible, that you allow God to move you so um, and shape you for his kingdom and for his glory. So we are new wineskins. This is what you need to know. We are flexible, but we don't compromise. Oh, that's good. That's good. The new wineskin holds answers to life's questions. If you can put up those five life questions, we had them as, as an answers, please. It'll be great for us to understand that. So you sitting with the answers because people have questions. The questions are, who am I? You discover that when you come and you get your belief system right, you find out who you are in Christ. Number two, where am I from? The Bible lets you know that as you go through water baptism, you come into a message and the message sets the course for where you're going to. Jesus got baptized into a message. You don't get baptized into a person, but into a message. And the message is a kingdom. You're not getting baptized into a religion. A religion. You're getting baptized into a message. And that message lets you know that you don't come from a monkey. You come from your father who's in heaven. And he would say, this is my beloved son. This is what Aaron is called to do. This is what Malcolm is called to do. This is what Janus is called to do. And he will begin to show you where, not just where you come from, but who you are. Because you are asking those questions. Number three, why am I here? And that's why the Holy Spirit descends. The Holy Spirit descends in a place 
place where purpose is clear is when Jesus came off out, out, of, the, out of the tomb and before he ascended into heaven, the Bible says he spent 40 days teaching con- the things concerning the kingdom of God. Not once did he t- tell them how bad they spat on him and how they hurt him. They never, he never spoke about the cross. He demonstrated the kingdom. He says, through many infallible proofs. That's Acts chapter 1. He says, that's what he did. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. And if you got the message wrong from the Bible, your whole life turns out wrong. So right believing leads to, you must, it, come on, say it a little louder. No, no, I'm, I'm, this is a test. This is exam time. Oh, the children are done writing exams. But it's your exam time. So you learn some things. So right believing leads to... So if you get your belief system wrong, your whole life turns out wrong. That's why people are sick and tired of religion. Because religion does not give you an answer for life. Jesus says, those that are spiritually deprived or, or, or thirsty, the answer is not a religion. The answer is the kingdom of God. So you don't get stuck in religion. The kingdom will show you all these things. It will tell you who you are, where you come from, why you are here. The Holy Spirit will descend when they understood the kingdom has come and that they need to function on heaven's purpose and God's agenda. Number four is where we've been focusing on Wednesday night and even this morning. We are focusing on what can I do? So even Malcolm being tested and saying, well, let me go and see. She's saying that I am anointed. Let me go and see if this is God or not. And of course, the results are there. And the more he prays, the more people will gather, the more people will you'll move. And are you with me this morning? Because as I use my gift, so people come and they deliver, they set free. So any sick will start coming to Malcolm and say, please, that anointing, lay your hands on me. And then, you know, God will work through that. It's, and, and sometimes it's not even that some people um, have been called to do it. It's just that they made themselves available. I mean, some people that are actually anointed with a healing anointing, but you prayed for nobody. So how would you know? By faith, you must lay hands on the sick. You don't even know. Try it. You know, are you called to actually minister to people? Why don't you go and just speak to in your gym? Why don't you speak about in the, in the barbershop? Why don't you go wherever you go? In the parking lot. Pastor Brian took an Uber this week. And the Uber man, the Uber driver was starting to you know, ask some questions. And Brian threw out the five life questions for him. And he said, so how does this work? And then he receives Jesus Christ for, and, and he gets born again. Are you with me this morning? How would you know and how would they know if you don't preach? You are the preacher. So even right now, you're an evangelist. Won't you share on your timeline? Because if one person asks you the question, you're going to have an answer. Please, you an evangelist, share it everywhere. Those that are online, those that are in-house even, just share it on your timeline. We, we're reaching more people and God is doing a new thing. And so what can I do? You'll discover that in the kingdom, not in religious soil. We're dealing with who you really are and what is inside of you. And you become now a new wineskin. And as a new wineskin, you should be able to can answer these questions. And not just answer them, but live it. But live it. And of course, where am I going to? So this morning, we're going to focus on number four. Um, what can I do? And you becoming a new wineskin. And you need to understand what happens on point number four. Number, number three is in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is dealing with your purpose. 
the reason for your existence. That's what he's dealing with. But when you come into the kingdom, the kingdom's only searching for one thing. It's searching for your potential. Have a look at this. I got scripture to last you until midnight tonight if you want. My God. Let me go through hmm, this one. Let's touch a little, just a little bit on potential. Potential. So, the systems of this world is not designed to pull the potential out of you. The potency. It's not, a, it's not designed that way. The, the world system gives you a skill. So it doesn't start with you discovering who you are. That's not where the world system starts. It gives you an education system that excludes God and then they decide how good you are. They mark you according to their system. And depending upon your marks, you'll discover that you actually, um, well, you can become a doctor or, you know, an educator. Or for me, I looked through the newspaper and said, I want to know what pays me the most. And based upon what paid me the most is why I went into the direction of systems analyst. I just didn't want to be broke. And so I got some money for it, but I wasn't fulfilled for, or fulfilling potential. So the potential is what the kingdom is looking for. The inside of you is potential. The kingdom is not looking to get you a job. I mean, for the season, you might get some manner and, you know, a job. Uh, it means, this is how you spell it, just over broke. That's what a job is. And you must make up your mind to get out of your job and come into your work. Job is what they pay you to do. Work is what you were born to do. The thing that's inside of you. The thing that you were called to do. You must become serious with your life. Don't wait until you're 65 and say, I want to do something for God. What a wasted life. What a wasted life. You're coming into the kingdom of God and when God speaks to Abraham's potential in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, he says, get out. The Lord said to Abraham, get out from your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. It says, in that land, in that kingdom, I will make your name great. Greatness is not a worldly principle. It is a kingdom principle. And when you understand that when God brings you into the kingdom, it's because he's not going to leave you as a nobody. If you follow the system of God, he's going to take your name, Aaron, and he's going to put it right on the top of the pile because God is no respecter of persons. Come on. He, what's he doing? He's making your name great. Now, it's all good when you got a job and you're working on someone else's vision and, 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 and they paying you some salary and, you know, they're comforting you with a paycheck. But they're robbing you of your potential because they've given you skill and they send you on courses that will give you skill not for your potential but to make sure that their company works right to make that company work better when God brings you into his kingdom he's pulling out the potential and the reason for your existence and he's bringing you into a place of where you, you have no competition 
because so many people are looking to be number one. It's good to be number one, but when you come into the kingdom of God, you become the only one because you are the only one that can do it this way. My personality aligns with my with what I've been called to do. Oh, come on, I feel the anointing in this place. You keep begging for a job. How about your potential? And so when God pulls Abraham out, Abraham's a moon worshiper. He says, come out. I'll put you in the kingdom soil and I'll show you who you really are. And the potential of who Abraham is begins to now come and flourish. He says, come out of that religious soil. That's a message for somebody this morning. We can stop right there. Get out from that religious soil. You know, my mother went there, my grandmother. Get out of that religious soil right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You die in that religious soil. I've watched family members die in religious soil because they wouldn't be flexible. They wouldn't become a new wineskin. They would stay in, in, in whatever their family traditions were. And the Bible says you've made the, the, the word of God of non-effect because of the traditions that you keep on following. You keep bowing to, to, to uh, traditional systems. When you come into the kingdom of God and God begins to do a new work, you must become flexible. You must be, think, well, God, I don't fully get it right now. But if it's four years later that they sign on the dotted line and say a multi-million rand contract is mine, I'm going to go with God. And if God did it for me and God did it for someone else, he can do it for you too. Shout yes. Now, I didn't say leave your job. Because if you can't work your job with your faith, you're going to have a real problem working, having no job and no faith. You better come and sit in the teachings and get some teachings going so that you can understand. Somebody is going to finally understand that the world from the medical profession to agriculture, to economics, to governments, None of those systems are designed to set you free. And religion is the worst. If you think that the government has got you in mind, they only want to stay in power. They're doing whatever it takes to keep the purse and to stay in power. It's not for you. Some of you are shocked. You really think, oh, we thought everybody loves us. The devil hates you. And his only job is to keep you under his control. And when you come into the kingdom of God and you start to develop your life around the kingdom of God and the higher your thoughts of Jesus, the greater your freedom in the kingdom of God. Because whom the sun sets free. Come on, say it louder. So the world system and its soil is not designed to free you. It's not designed to set you free. When are you going to hear that? There's nothing about the world system from governments to education. How can you give the children an education then take them to university? The moms have paid thousands to pay for an education. School fees, uniforms, transportation. I mean, it's like 15 years later and your degreed child is standing with a placard tell government to give us a job. Are you crazy? Because the system is not designed to free you. It's designed to control you. If they really wanted to, 
This is the whole world. There's enough resources everywhere that everybody, when you understand their gifting and their purpose, there's enough for everybody across this globe. Let me tell you, Africa, all of Europe and the rest of the world, they don't have the resources that you have. I'm speaking to my son here from Zambia. The copper belt is there. He says planes fly in day in and day out like an airport taking copper out there. And yet every one of them sitting in poverty. The world's got no intention to free you. You need to wake up and stop playing this religious game. You need to just go to church. Are you kidding me? What about your potency? Your potential? What is it? Hmm. When you get into the kingdom soil, God is only looking for one thing, the potency inside of you, your potential. Uh, let me get this. I've got 23 things that's about the potential. Quickly just write them down. If not, listen to it again. Number one, it's dormant ability. Two, untapped power. Three, hidden strength. Reserved energy. Kept capacity. Unused success. Unleashed talent. What is potential? All you do and which you can do but which you haven't done yet. It's in you. All you can become which you haven't yet. Hidden ability, did I say that? What is potential? It is who you really are but no one knows it yet. You only find that out in the kingdom. Please write this down. Whatever you've done before is no longer your potential. <laughs> 13. Potential is everything you have not done yet. Potential is the you that nobody knows yet. I like that one. What you can accomplish, but we've not seen it yet. Potential is never what you've done, but what's left that you've not done yet. Let me just tell everybody in the service right now, and I want you to send the news from heaven. God is bored with you. Because you keep doing the same thing you've done all along. That's not potential. God's excited to extract the thing that you haven't become yet. God's excited about the CEO in this place. God's excited about the prophetess that's in this place. God is excited about the multimillionaire in this place. I know you broke. I know you needed an Uber. But there's something inside of you. It's called potential. And the world can't give it to you. Because only the kingdom can show you your potential. Shout yes. Please write this down. 
The kingdom makes demands on what's inside of you. You need to write this one down. Potential doesn't ooze out. Potential is squeezed out. So if you're in a squeeze, God is looking for something inside of you. It's called potential. And so the kingdom only goes in search for what you can still do for the kingdom. Not what you've done. Not what you promised. Not what you heard. It's the thing that you can do for the kingdom of God. Your greatest enemy to your progress is your last success. And some of you got the real problem, especially educated people. And please hear me, get your doctorate, get your PhD, do whatever you want to do. Get more degrees than a thermometer. That's not the point. The problem with most of those people is that you walk in there, they show you all of the things they've done. See my degree? See what I did? See what I accomplished? God is bored, man. God is bored even on the level of your earning. God is bored with the level of what you've accomplished. God is bored with what you've done for 2022. He's bored. He's looking now and saying, well, if I give you a new day, a new month, and a new year, can you give me something new that's actually on the inside of you? Can you give me what the kingdom is looking for? Come on out the increase of his government and peace. There'll be no end. Potential will demand that you never settle for what you've accomplished. Never settle. The problem, do you remember when God came down and visited the people and looked at the, what they were doing? Genesis chapter 11. Their focus and their mission was, let's find a piece of land. We don't want to be scattered anymore. Let's build a tower that reaches up to heaven. And God came down to come and see what the son of man had built. Then he brought confusion and changed their language. Because he didn't say come up to heaven. He said spread out in the earth. The Bible says they came to a place and they came to settle. Your days of settling are over. Someone's going to just, 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 just move your seat a little bit. Just like, like, you know, you just, just, just swap seats with somebody. Just say, I'm going to just, just, just move to another seat right now in the service. Just to get out of that religious mindset. Just to let them know that I'm not going to settle anymore. Come on, shout that. Say, I'm not going to settle anymore. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. A million rand is not enough. If we can produce it on one level, we're going to take it across the globe and we're going to increase this thing because you're in a kingdom of increase. God never settles anybody. You're asking God what's next because God never stops working and you were not supposed to die in your career. Ooh, I feel that makes you stay a little bit there. Come on, God is too big to make you stay in a job, man. And not fulfill the work you were called to do. God, there's too much inside of you. There's, I, I feel that there is an anointing. God is stirring something inside of somebody this morning. Because, listen to me, if you are a giver in the kingdom of God, why would you go from 10,000 rand a month to giving 1,000 rand a month? 
or say, God, if you, if you don't want me to give any more, then we can stop here. Why would God do that for if, you, if you've been called to give? What's God going to do with you? If you've sown 10,000 this, this year, then God's moving you to 100,000. Why? Because there must be an increase. Whatever a man sows, there must be increase. No man is foolish. I'm not sowing and planting seeds for nothing. And when I planted one, there's a whole lot of chilies coming out of this thing. And we finally, we're already looking at where we're going to plant in the next season. Are you with me? Because you serve a God of increase. Never get caught up where God used to be. Let your neighbor know he's working something new. Let him know that God is working something new. So, um, I have a conversation with a friend of mine out in New Zealand. We speak about, you know, every fortnight or so. Uh, deal with, he's a wonderful man of God, Dion. And we're having a conversation. He says, look, look what the Lord has done for him. So, he's got, <clears throat> they, they, they got this, this club that he belongs to that they take out their Porsches every weekend with Maseratis and everybody else and they go on this weekend with the boys not the weekend just like an evening out and you know basically go and shine their vehicles and nice hobby to have you know what I mean but he loves the Lord and he's applied kingdom principles and he's a partner with us and he he sows into the ministry and so we have this relationship and he says to me he says Doc um, the last month or so there is a guy that is in uh, his neighbor is a Freemason. And in such, in such a level where he's, he was placed into the coffin and the ring was put on him. So if, if you don't need to know the, all the detail, but it's all promotion stuff. It's the way they promote people through their system. And so nine months ago, this guy gets born again. And he's studying the scriptures. And he calls Dion over. He says, you're born again and you've been speaking about this. Tell me why I should believe what you believe. Convince me about the rewards of this kingdom. So Dion has a Bible study with him every single week. And he gathers all his other buddies. He says, come and listen to this man. Because the world is searching. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Your neighbor is searching. No, clap your hands better than that. Because God is sending you. You're going to teach them on the five questions. You're going to give them answers. And so we're having this conversation and I said, well, God is doing a new thing and there is something about, about the kingdom of God that I want to share for the next few minutes to understand that you must be clear about what you believe. Don't you let the enemy throw you. You must be clear because this is when you fix your belief system, your life comes right. Your life's not falling to pieces. We've got all the five pieces that was equipped 2022 and we trained on that. So here's what's important. Please want you to remember this and begin to think about this because he asked the question and I started writing some things down. And we're going to run out of time, I'm telling you now already, with what I wrote down because this is what you need to answer. When you come into the kingdom of God, when God equips you, when God saves you, when he chooses you, when he brings you into the kingdom, there is nothing that you do. It's God does it in you, through you. 
What did you receive? Let's get into this thing quickly. So you're now going to, we spoke about potential. It's inside of you. He deposited that on the inside of you. But here's a couple of things. Firstly, John chapter 1 and verse 10. He was in the world. You need to just write scriptures down. You'll come back to this teaching. I'm going to zip through them if, if, the, if the guys can help me. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. What am I doing with you this morning? I am making sure that your belief system comes right. Because when you apply your faith, and you're going to come back to me and say, Apostle, it works, it works, it works. And I'm going to say to you, please write this down. We don't have everything God has given us. Only that which we have received. You don't have everything God has got for you. Not you, 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 we don't. So unless I preach it, you will not even know what is on you. So I need to show you not just the benefits, but I need to show you what's on you. Here's number two, John chapter 1 verse 12. Uh, I got that one. So Galatians 3 verse 27. For as many of you as, many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So you've come into Christ. You've you are now born again, but you are born of God's Spirit, and you are in Christ. You have a new identity, because that is what it shares in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. You've come into Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Something new has happened to you. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's really important to know that. Because I need to know that I'm actually free from the sin and from, from my mistakes and that I've got a brand new start in Christ. Anybody got a brand new start? You must be thankful to the Lord that He is not holding your sin. He's, he, he, he remembered your sins no more because you're a new creation in Christ. I want to move forward quickly. What else did I get? You got a family of God. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from what? The Father of lights. Oh, please write this one down. We are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. When you get born again, you and you receive and you start to believe differently and you believe in the one that saved you, he brings you into his family. Now you're not just his creation, you now become part of his, of his family. You are, for as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You form part of a family. You've come in, you're a new wineskin. You're not like anybody else anymore. You're not an orphan. You're not rejected. You're not abandoned. You, you, you're not, you, you accepted in the beloved. And please hear me when I say this to you. As, as a mother, as a woman, you, you walk through the, the malls and you see this cute little child and you know, you greet and, oh, isn't that child beautiful? And you see the child maybe going to, you know, um, down an escalator and you say oh you, you can't go there and you're helping mom your child's trying to or the child's going away but you you care about everybody but are your children not different to those children that's the point that 
even though we're all God's creation, when you become a child of God, He now has to take care of you in a different way. Are you with me? He protects you. He watches over you. Your dreams matter. Your waking up matters because you're now a child of a living God. Are you with me? You are a new wineskin. You belong to a family. You can't say anymore that I'm alone. You, 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 you might be alone, but you're never lonely because you have a heavenly Father and you have the Holy Ghost and you have brothers and sisters and you're not abandoned anymore. If there's anybody, just just feel that this morning that you're not abandoned anymore. I'm not rejected anymore. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm a child of a living God. That's why Jesus said when you pray, pray my Father who is in heaven. Come on, what did he say? No, say it louder. He's not my Father. We are family. So listen to what he says here in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship is righteousness with lawlessness? You know, the two youngsters that came to the ministry in the last season. And they said, look, we're actually interested in two ladies in your church. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. And of course, you know, they came and said, I need to go speak to my dad first. So they came and said, can we please have this meeting? My first question to them is, what do you believe? Because you can't take them anywhere you've, where you've never been. Where are you taking them? To a wedding day and sex. Are you kidding me? And then what? After those balloons have popped. What are you going to do with them? When the children come, what do you believe? When you need money, what, you, what do you believe? When if sickness ever comes, what do you believe? You ignoring, ah, you know, hips, lips and fingertips. You better have more than that. Because you unequally yoked. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? That's what God calls an unbeliever. You lawless. And what communion has light with darkness? I mean, you married this unbeliever and you're just going to go and do your own thing. Who's your father-in-law? The devil. And that's one father-in-law that don't leave your house. He's going to stay there. And he's going to torment you and your goodness. And what accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part is a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will do what? I'll receive you. And I will be, be what? I'll be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come on, you have a father in heaven. Clap your hands and thank him this morning. No, you're better than that. Come on, just thank him. Thank him, thank him that you have a father. You have a father in heaven and everything's going to be all right. Come on, he knows you in need of these things. He knows you need a holiday. He knows you need clothing. He knows you need to feed your family. He knows you can have a, a table for this Christmas. Your father in heaven knows you need of these things. What, about, what else do you get? 
Ephesians 1, 3 and verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Are you reading with me this morning? Are you awake this morning? Come on, go back one. Don't let me read wrong scripture. Somebody came to me and said, you know, what if, if you baptize me and someone else must baptize me afterwards? I said, it doesn't matter. You need to ask yourself, does it align with the scripture? So if I'm giving you anything that's not signed in the word of God, you got the right to challenge me. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is going to bless us. Say it louder. The blessing is already on you. You can't be cursed. Are you with me? What's the benefits? Oh no. The blessing is an empowerment. It means that whatever I put my hands to, it must prosper. Wherever I go, the blessing of the Lord is on me. The blessing will make right everything that has gone wrong in my family, in my home. Shout, I am blessed. Where are the believers? Shout, I'm blessed. I'm not going to be blessed. I am blessed. And we don't pray to be blessed. We pray because we are blessed. We don't give to be blessed. We give because we are blessed. Is everybody with me this morning? You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Please pick this up. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. I'm just helping you shape your belief system because you are new wineskin. You need to walk around believing God on a whole nother level because it becomes the expectation, becomes the breeding ground for miracles. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Please say that I'm blessed. The Bible says, whoever curses you, God says, I will curse them. I don't get it when people are praying all the time. Ah, Lord, 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 put fire and any curse against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God says, I'll curse them. You, you're just supposed to bless them. Even pray for your enemies. You can't be cursed. Now, if you believe you are, you will walk in it. So, you know, somebody came and said to me, Hey man, I've been seeing this owl all the time. And it's like following me and like in front of me, then in my house. And, 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 and so I just said to this, I said this to them. I said, don't take the bait. How does Satan work? He's got to bring a fear on you. Now you're afraid of owls and all kinds of stuff. And you think that, you know, this thing's bringing a curse onto my home. When you say, when you believe that, he needs you to take the bait. Now you've opened the door to fear and now he can work that thing in your life. Job put it this way. He said, the very thing that I feared has come upon me. Everybody shout no fear here. Say no fear here. You don't have fear of the future. You don't have a fear of your children. You don't have a fear of your health. You don't have the fear of you ever running out. You don't have a fear. That's why you are in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody shout it loud and say, no fear here. You are new wineskin, man. You need to understand that the devil has got to put something on you. Hmm. My anxiety. Where did you buy it? Who, who gave it to you? 
I'm hectic. I'm hectic. Okay. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to just clap their hands and say there's joy in the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, man. You can't be cursed, man. For the devil to curse you, he must curse Christ. You are in Christ. And if any man be in Christ, if you can curse Jesus, then you can curse me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. Everything's going to be all right. Because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, it is written, Cursed is every man who hangs upon the tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, upon the Gentiles, in Christ Jesus. What else? 2 Peter verse 1 and 1 to 4 says, Simon Peter, bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, are, who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God, of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as His divine power. Wow. You came into Christ. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything. And through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That you through these, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So you've also been given all things that pertain to life and godliness, even to remain holy, it's been given to you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 You have a new identity For the love of Christ compels us Because we judge thus If one died for all Then all died And he died for all That those who live Should no longer live for themselves But for him who died for them And rose again Please read this verse with me Therefore Say it loud with me From now on We regard No one According to the flesh You cannot anymore speak about my past You can no longer speak about my mistakes Look at your neighbor and say from now on Yeah, yeah, yeah Stop looking at the past Stop looking at my mistakes Let them, No, preach them a little bit And say no, 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 no I am a new creation in Christ Let them know I got a new identity Do you know that I am anointed? Do you know that I am powerful? Do you know that I am gifted? Do you know that I'm a new wineskin? Do you know that I can flow in Christ? Do you know that I can hear my father? Do you know that I can worship him? Do you know that I hear his voice? Do you know I can lay my hands on the sick? Do you know that I am so anointed? Come on, Bible. The Bible says, do not touch God's anointed. You know how the pastors and the prophets and the fivefold want to use that scripture? Oh, don't touch God's anointed. When he spoke about that, he wasn't speaking about the pastors and the fivefold. He was speaking about all the children of God. You anointed. 
And if they're messing with you, they're touching on God. This is, do not touch God's anointed. Come on, can you say that for you? I'm a new wineskin. I'm a carrier of the anointing. Say, don't, 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 don't let them touch you. God's anointed. You're messing with the wrong family. You're messing with the wrong people. I am telling you now, I'm asking God for mercy over your life. Because if I release you and I call for vengeance, God said, vengeance is mine. Yet he will repay. Don't make me pray another prayer for you. I know who I am. I'm a carrier of the anointing. I'm a carrier of the power of God. Wherever I go, I am anointed. I can call down fire if I need to. I can call on angels because I am anointed. Shout yes. It's dangerous when the church comes together to pray. And all of hell knows that. Don't you miss with the righteousness of God. It's best that the people leave you alone. It's best they leave you alone. You curse me, I will not curse you. But I'm telling you, I'll pray for you because you're going to need it. Do you know who you are? Do you understand that you're a new wineskin? Do you understand that you're carrying a fresh anointing? Do you understand that new wine means new power? Do you know that you are a carrier? That I'm not messing in the world. But don't you mess with me. Because I am coming in. And the devil is afraid of you. From this day, the Lord gave me a word. That there is a seven year cycle of blessing that's coming upon the new wineskin. God says there's a seven year increase that's coming. The Lord says, Mark, the next seven years, it will change will multiply your business will multiply you're in a new season listen to me Joseph there are seven years of abundance there are seven years of increase the Lord says hold on to the anointing I've given you let your neighbor know one more time says from now on and then stop right there just look at him one more time with that face uh, that, that, that look you know that look Say from now on. I mean, maybe even you know, wave your finger a little bit, and say, 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 say from now on. You don't speak to me about my past. You don't come and mention those things that I did, because you did some stuff as well. And if you, I, I want to uncover me. God will kick your dirt burn over and bring out all your files. You better stop speaking this rubbish, because nobody from now on, from now on, we are all anointed. Everybody's anointed in this house. Everybody's carrying a new wine skin. Everybody, I don't care where you come from. I don't care your mistakes. I don't care what you did. From now on. From now on, everybody shout from now on. Uh, what about your gift of salvation? Ephesians 2, 8 verse 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. No man can boast. Your salvation was free. What about your faith? Romans 12 verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt. Each one has a measure of faith. That means uh, when he starts to speak of the measure of faith, that's not just for salvation. You received faith to be saved. Then he says, here's the measure. That means we can measure the faith that you have. Because the more you use your faith, son, 
the more you increase your measure. That's why somebody got weak faith, somebody got no faith, others got strong faith. Shout, that's me. Because God is getting you to use your faith because you can't trade in heaven with money. The currency is faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So when you come to God, you must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of my faith. So anything I want in heaven, if I want a 5 million rand, 10 million rand contract, I'm going to have to go and give Him some strong faith. I can't come in there with a little bit of faith. I can't have no prayer life. I can't have no word in me. I'm going to have to have some faith so that when I come and I put my deal on the table, I'm going to walk away and say, when the call comes, uh, I'm going to shout, faith works. Shout it one more time. Say, faith works. Aaron and Brian took their measure. Brian walked into my house on drugs. Brian could not even know the Our Father. I trained Brian and I trained Aaron when she came. We developed them in the Word of God. And I said, you are now going to learn how to be the boss. You don't like that word. When the blessing came upon Jacob, even though he has swindled his brother, Esau comes, he says, I want the blessing. He says, I gave it already. He says, your brother's going to be your boss all the days of your life. Because the blessing takes you to the top. Are you with me? You're a new wineskin. You're not like anybody else. Because the blessing always moves you to the top. I'm not, maybe not preaching to you, but I'm preaching to hopefully this message will get to some Freemason asking the question, what are the benefits? You become a new wineskin and you become the boss. Say that one more time. Say, I'm become the boss. Say, say, I am the boss. Say, I am. Because that's what it is. The blessing takes you to the top. And if you think you can curse them, you shut that door. God will open up three others and pay you more than what they paid you. And say, keep moving, my child. Because what God has blessed, no man can curse. Tell your neighbor, use your measure. Just, you know, put out some guns there a little bit and just do a bit of, say, use your measure. I mean, exercise your faith. Come on. Exercise. I mean, go to the hospitals if you have to. I mean, put out your business deal. I mean, this is a seven-year cycle of increase that God is bringing us into. Shout amen on that. What about hope? When I feel hopeless, and this is a word for somebody, Romans 15, 13. You want to know more? I'm going to run out of time. Holy Ghost, help me. Now may the God of hope he will fill you with all joy and peace to do what? Lord, I don't believe and I'm struggling with my belief system. Here's your prayer. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That days, that's the only prayer I pray because God, I can't see it where is it going to come from? What and God says, you need to believe me, son. Okay, so quote, quote the scriptures. Pray it. That's my prayer. That's my go-to prayer. That God will keep hope alive. And you know, when you're dealing with Zambia, son, and there's so many challenges there, so many hopeless people, you better keep hope alive. You better keep 
praying this prayers. You need to stay in the word of God because this thing that God needs to do through your life, everybody's looking for hope. And they're looking for a place where they can because out of hope, faith is the substance of things you hope for. So if there's no hope, you can't have faith. So what does God do? He's got to give you hope so your heart starts to believe. And when you believe right, here comes the miracles. Here comes the answers. That's my go-to prayer. So watch. What about love? Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Christmas is coming and Uncle Jojo with his nasty self is coming. And you're going to have to say, I, you know what? I don't even like this guy, but I need to love him because the Bible says so. Because the kingdom doesn't work outside of love. Faith worketh by love. You can't be in, you can't hate you. That's, that's for another day. But you're going to have to stay in love. So when I, when I meet up with people like that, I say, Holy Spirit, pour more for this crazy. Because I don't have. I'm done. Righteousness, Romans 5, 17. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, shall come to pass afterward. I'll pour out my spirit in all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Joel chapter 2, verse 20. Now the, the Holy Spirit is important on all flesh already. That's why evangelism, evangelism becomes so powerful. Hear what I'm saying to you. Oh. It shall come to pass after that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Was there an outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Meredith, the Lord showed me you in service this morning, sir. I need to pray for you, your family, your destiny. The Lord gave me word already last night. God's doing you, you're becoming a new wineskin for this generation. There's something about your gift and the strength of who you are. The Lord told me this morning that the thing that He's doing inside of you, your willingness to forsake, God says, now I'm doing, the, I've got you to myself. He says, your best days are about to manifest. But listen to what I'm announcing upon your life, sir. Seven years of increase. The cycle has shifted for you and for your family and for your home. Can your wife please stand to her feet as well? I please want the church to reach out your hands. This couple, in the mighty name of Jesus, that there is a fresh anointing coming upon you and your household. There is a new season, and it's not just a season, but a cycle of increase. It's seven years of abundance. There'll be a move. There'll be a flow of God's Spirit. The Lord says you are willing to forsake what your mother and your father did, and you are willing to step into what God has got for you. Your new season is here, sir, and you will flow like never before. It will increase, and it will flow like never before. We bless you today. Everybody said a good amen. Now listen to this. Why would you share the gospel? The Bible says he's already poured out his spirit on all flesh. When did that happen? Acts chapter 2. He's not coming again. He did pour it out. But look at the difference. It shall come to pass after that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. But who is going to prophesy? Only sons and daughters. So he has a son and a daughter. When you walk into an environment, you know the Holy Spirit's hovering already. So when you begin to present the gospel, the Holy Spirit's waiting for you to speak to them. Because then he converts them because you have the word. Are you with me? 
They're then all waiting. Whether they're in the wrong relationships, whether they're in sin, it does not matter. The point is that the Holy Spirit's been waiting and hovering over the gyms, hovering over your family, hovering over the dinner tables, hovering over in the restaurants, in the parking lots, in the workplace, in the marketplace. God's Spirit is hovering. And then when you begin to prophesy, when you begin to speak a word, when you begin to give them a word from the Lord, they then take that thing and the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of them and that's how they get converted from the kingdom of darkness and they brought into his marvelous light shout yes man oh god oh god oh god what about the kingdom luke chapter 12 verse 32 do not fear little flock it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom you're not begging for the kingdom the kingdom was given to you Hebrews 12, verse 28 to 29. Marogo Shakandalabo. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, you're sitting in an unshakable kingdom. The earth, I mean, this man said to, to, to Dion, he says, the end is coming. My life is coming to an end. I need to know that what I'm believing is the real thing. Messed around with religion. He says, let me, let me say the other thing that this man said. He said, the only question that I have for the Christians is this. Tell me why most of the Christians are broke. Have you never applied the kingdom principles? The world's watching you. And they don't just want to hear the word. Because the kingdom doesn't only come with word, it comes with power. There must be a demonstration on finances. And I'm announcing it one more time. You're entering into a seven-year cycle of abundance. Please shout yes. My time is up, but I'm going to give you one more scripture. I've got from peace, God's will, angelic assistance, power and authority, the message as you go preaching, a new heart, Ezekiel chapter 36, Luke 21, 15, for I'll give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Ah, his presence. Peter said this, if you work his system, his system will work for you. Acts chapter 10 verse 34. John chapter 2 verse 1, and we'll wrap it. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to a woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, please, you read with me. Whatever he says to you, do it. One more time. Whatever he says for you to do, just do it. You are new wineskins. 
and you are flexible and you are not just coming after money you're coming after following the Holy Ghost and hearing his voice what you should do now there were six water pots of stone that that represents man six is the number for man man was made on the sixth day according to the manner of the purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece Jesus said to them fill the water pots with water the water of the word is what I do to pour in every one of man that's all we've done with equip 2022 we just poured water water all empty vessels came and we poured water and they filled him up to the brim to where until your thinking started changing and he said to them draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast and they took it it's water here when we go out into the world it's wine You can't keep coming back for a fresh anointing here without going into the world and letting them taste and see that the Lord is good. It's ordinary here for us. We just, oh, you just went to go and listen to the word preached. Do you understand that something happened on the inside of you? It's happening all the time as God is shaping you as a new wineskin. He keeps on pouring inside of you and He's making you. Please have the worship team up. He's making you. He says, you want to break the drought. First Kings 18, verse 1, 21. Mm. Give, it, give it to me. First Kings 18, verse 1, please. I feel the anointing in this place. You're in the season of the movers, the implementers, the ones that are willing to go. That's the season. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Drought in your life. Listen to me, son. Drought in your life. He said, don't pray for rain. Listen to the instruction. What's the first thing you do? Go present yourself to AI. Go and present yourself to a demonic system. Go and present yourself to anybody that needs to hear this word. The problem with the church is that we keep on telling people to come. That is just for equipping. Jesus said, go. We have ever gotten into getting millions in a contract if we didn't go. If you don't start that company, Liesl, if you don't go and actually present yourself and say, We're gonna go, I mean, who knows what will come out of this thing? But apparently, there's rain somewhere, and the church has been crying for rain. 
but that's not where you start you start by first going you want to see the anointing you want to see that water turn into wine you need to go you need to go and speak to somebody you need to go and present yourself get used to moving because you are new wineskin he says go present yourself to air and what does God says God says and I will send rain on the earth it's your job to pour the water it's God's job to turn it into wine you are not responsible for the results you were supposed to preach the word you were supposed to go and speak to someone you were supposed to be that wineskin that says I don't hang on to everybody because I'm carrying something and everybody said amen and amen